Good morning, and welcome to the Sunday service of Free Community Church. Happy New Year! Happy 2022! Thank you for joining us today, especially on this really rainy Sunday. It would be probably much easier to be sleeping in bed, but thank you for taking the time to be here to worship God. And for those of you joining us online, whether it be live or later in the week, welcome as well. Let's take a moment to greet one another. If you're here on site, you can uh, turn to your neighbor, give them a wave, give them a smile behind your mask. Uh, if you're watching from home, you could also type into the chat, uh, maybe a greeting, peace be with you. Um, we have moderators online standing by to chat with you throughout the service. So as this is a sacred time, it's a new year, we take this time to rededicate ourselves to God as well. So please join me in the call to worship and please rise. Today is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let, Let us be glad this day for life, for breath, and for freedom to worship. Blessed are you who come in the name of the Lord. We come to bring our gifts of praise and gratitude to the God of all creation. God is good, and in God's work we find our strength. We sing of all God's wonderful works. Let us give thanks and praise to the Lord. So now let us join our hearts and voices in a time of worship. Um, if you're here on site, feel free to be seated. You can remain standing. Um, you know, we're still not allowed to sing, but you can close your eyes. You can meditate on the words. So allow God to speak to you through the music. Oh 
Good morning, everyone. Uh, those who are on-site, please take a seat. Uh, my name is Mark, and I'll be leading the prayer for today. Um, I'm very thankful for the worship team, you know, and uh, the song of uh, Christmas, and reminding us that, you know, actually, even though we are kind of like in the new year, but we're still in the season of Christmas, and we're still in the season of remembering the gift of Jesus in our life, and the, the way that He's um, uh, pointed us to. So um, as we pray, um, I'll be leading you with um, a prepared prayer, uh, but I'll also be giving some time for you to kind of bring your own concerns, um, thanksgivings, fears, worries, everything lifting up to God. So I'll also give you some time for that uh, before we conclude the prayer. Okay, so let's prepare ourselves. To the God of many names, 
Thank you for the start of a new year. Thank you, Lord, for a new year of hope and blessings. As we move into the new year, we continue to surrender our lives to you. May we be the community where those who are weary find rest, where those who are lost find their way, and those who feel powerless will find the strength to stand up and walk again. May our lives as individuals and as a community be fertile ground on which your seeds of wisdom would fall, take root and bear fruit. As Jesus was the way, the truth and the light, may we also be and learn to be a source of strength, a source of light and truth in a world of darkness and a beacon of hope in a world where many have lost their way. Lord, as we step into the new year, we pray and thank you for the many blessings that will fill our life. We pray that you help us guard our hearts that in spite of the many things that may go wrong and the challenges that will come our way, that our words and our actions will be free from malice, division and strife. Lord, help us to hold our attention and keep our eyes on you each moment of our life in all the work that we do. Inspire us with the courage that we lack. Help us to act justly, to always choose mercy. And each day of our life, through its trials, tribulations, and all the conflicts that will come our way, we pray that we will always walk humbly and surrender to your will. Always trusting in your guidance and never leaning on our own understanding. Now let us take a few moments to also lift up to you, Lord, the concerns of our hearts.
Thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayers. All this we pray in the name of Jesus, our Lord, our Savior, our Teacher, our Prophet, then the one who guides us each step of the way. All this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, 
Happy New Year. Thank you for joining us to start your new year. And I hope it has been a good Christmas season for you. As always, we have been using Menti um, to build the sermon and create the sermon together. Um, today, more than uh, the usual, because your reflections will be very helpful. Um, and not just for today, but for the rest of the sermon series. Um, the today's Menti code is 56259513. We join me in prayer. God, may the words from my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable to you. Amen. So today, instead of a reading, we are featuring the Christmas skit done by our children's ministry instead. Um, and I hope that you appreciate that, um, the work that has gone into it. Um, will you show the video? Jesus' birth, there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby. It was night, and they were taking care of their sheep. An angel appeared to them, and they were terrified. Suddenly, a large group of angels also appeared and they praised God. There was no room for them in the inn, so they went to the manger instead. When the shepherds came, they found Jesus there. After they had seen him, they told everyone about them what the angel said about Jesus being born, and the people were amazed. At the time, Herod was king of Judea. After Jesus' birth, wise men came from the east wanting to visit Jesus. He saw the star and worshipped Jesus. Right. Now, go find that boy so that I may worship him too. However, King Herod was lying. He was jealous and plotting to kill baby Jesus. <laughs> The wise men followed the star and finally stopped over the place where the child was. They bowed down and worshipped him, and gave him gifts like gold, frankincense, and myrrh. We have come to give you gifts. Thank you! Thank you! He is Emmanuel! Maybe God with us! 
Then God warned them in a dream not to go back to Herod. They returned to their country on a different road. With God's help, Jesus and his family escaped to Egypt. We've heard the story, and we are very familiar with the story, right? And while we often associate Christmas with a time of celebration and joy, a time of peace, Jesus' story doesn't start off that way. Immediately after his birth, he was identified as a threat to those in power and had to flee to Egypt with Joseph and Mary and lived as a stranger in a foreign land, a refugee. This Christmas season, has been a mix of celebration and mourning as well. Just like life isn't always uh, a bit of roses and only good things. Just this past week, Archbishop Desmond Tutu passed away, a champion for peace, justice and equality that's anchored in faith we have lost another giant, another prophet. While we do not have the opportunity to meet him, his life's work certainly impacted and continues to impact us. He wrote this, We are made for goodness. We are made for love. We are made for friendliness. We are made for all of the beautiful things that you and I know. We are made to tell the world that there are no outsiders. As we begin 2022, I want to, all of us to take some time to look back on the year that has passed and then chart our way forward as we kick off a new sermon series, Home is the Way. And I want to invite you to reflect perhaps share, if you are willing to, how has 2021 been for you? Was it all good? Was it challenging? If you are only focused on things that, are, that you've been struggling with and the challenges, I also want to invite you to think of the things that you are grateful for in the past year and if you're only focused on the good things, I want to invite you and prod, to prod a little bit. Are you hiding or denying or avoiding some of the things that's happened that may not be that good? And you're just burying it underneath. Because life is um, a mixed bag. 2021, for some of you, have been humbling long, that I agree, hectic, lots of upheaval, stagnant, for some of you really defeating, a learning experience, a period of reflection and reprioritizing, difficult and challenging, resulting in more cynicism, loss, heartbroken, exhausted. It ended well, praise the Lord. Grateful for the changes, struggling but also grateful for God's blessing, 
challenging but fulfilling, grateful for opportunities to grow and heal, very good. A magical awakening. Oh, I like this one. Thank you. Next. <laughs> Thank you to 2021. Next. Looking forward to 2022, right? Family re reconciliation. Reflection and new directions. It's been challenging and I'm glad that I got through it all. Heartwarming. Blessings. Closer to family. Lonesome. Routine bound, but also finding love and goodness and a friend with Jesus. Finally, starting to try something new, to step into the unknown. It's been an amazing year of growth, great and a new adventure. Restoration of friendships and resolving of misunderstandings, so grateful. Sibling bonding regained and lost again. Renewed hope, a return to self-care. Growing journey to know myself after becoming a Christ follower. Work has been crazy, but I appreciate the support from my loved ones found love, difficult but grateful for hope in God, promotion, wow, congratulations, a roller coaster ride, I feel more confident but, and was able to contribute. Thank you for all your contributions. As you can see, that many of us um, have both good things and bad things happened in the past year. For me, 2021 has been a year marked with grief and loss. In November, our friend, Reverend Stephen Suleiman, passed away. I got to know Stephen through Reverend Yap when we went to Jakarta Theological Seminary for the LGBTQ Symposium in 2012. This was us there, me taking the picture. He was an ally fighting for justice and inclusion for LGBTIQ folks. And Stephen understood the risk of being an LGBTQ ally. Yet, he boldly embraced them and believed that he was emulating Jesus Christ in doing so. And those of you who went over to Taipei for the Amplify conference in 2018 will remember Stephen. And he was featured in one of the videos Amplify made. And here's the video. I'm afraid that we may be less Christians than our LGBT friends here because they, they, they accept us fully. But many of us in the mainline churches cannot accept them fully as they are. My name is Steven Suleiman. I am an ordained pastor of the Indonesian Christian Church. It is quite unusual for a Christian pastor to get involved with LGBTIQ uh, communities in Indonesia. Historically, Indonesia was quite open towards uh, different types of sexual orientation and we had a lot of uh, variations in sexual relationship but later when the monotheistic religions came to Indonesia and all these different variations and types of sexual orientations and gender identities were pushed out well the traditional view of course is that God created man uh, Adam and Eve that man should marry a woman and that sexual relationship can only happen between a man and a woman and only within a marriage. Uh, and outside marriage, it's illegal. Now that I realized that uh, even sexual relationship between husband and wife can also be illegal when the 
relationship is being forced upon one party by another party. It's not a consensual relationship based on love. So when it happens between a man and a man and a woman and with another woman, as long as it is based on consensuality, on love, then what's wrong with it? In my youth, I became realized that uh, some of my cousins were actually gays and they were excluded from the family. So uh, it was very sad. So I began to think, uh, why should we exclude LGBT people from our community, from our life? Because of that rejection, many of our, my LGBT friends said that they were atheists, they were agnostics. And that was the experience that I had when I first met them, when I said I wanted to send my students to their organization to learn about their life. They were suspicious. Why do you want to send our, your students to us? Are you trying to convert us? Are you trying to Christianize us? I said, no, no, I have not. I have no such an intention in my life, in my heart. I just want my students to learn and to realize that LGBT people are just like any of us. And what happened? After three years of sending my students to those communities, some of them began to say to me, Reverend Stephen, I began to read my Bible again. I began to go back to my church. I began to pray to Salat, to practice Salat for the Muslims. I said, oh, I'm so happy. I'm so happy that that happened, that we have helped them in a way to reconnect with their God. Uh, now, I, could, I can say that uh, a few more young pastors are becoming more open and more accepting towards uh, our LGBT friends. I can share that uh, a few other churches in Indonesia now begin to open their ministry to accompany LGBT uh, members of their church to be able to accept themselves as who they are and to help other church members to also accept their LGBT uh, members in their community. I wanted to begin today you know, sharing Stephen's um, video to remember him. I think what many of you do not know was that in Taipei, we had to arrange for a dialysis session for him. Even as he wrestled with health issues, he continued to tirelessly work to care for the marginalised, to stand up for justice, and to speak up on behalf of the voiceless. His commitment and dedication to inclusion of LGBTQ persons in church made visible God's love to many LGBTIQ persons, many who have been rejected by the churches we grew up in. His hard work has brought together many connections, 
help us build many relationships with our friends in National Council of Churches in India and many other countries all over the world standing together to find a way to open up churches to be safe spaces for LGBTIQ persons. We remember these giants, Reverend Stephen Suleiman and Archbishop Desmond Tutu, as well as those we have lost this past year, knowing that we will always be connected through God's love. In the words of St. Paul in the letter to the Romans, for I'm convinced that neither death nor life nor angels, nor demons, neither the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We are all connected in that love, and we are still connected in that love to those we have lost. Many of you have mentioned how isolated and disconnected 2021 has been. To be honest, I don't think that we have recovered from 2020. These two years have affected the way we live, work and play. And some of us don't want to hear the word Zoom another time again. And we have not been able to connect socially with friends and family. And we are only beginning to start reconnecting in these recent months. And especially for those who are separated from their families because of closed borders. All these, grief, loss, separation, isolation, paint a very gloomy picture, like the weather today. Yet, we are in the season of Christmas, the season of God with us, the season of hope and new beginnings. So as we begin this new year, let us chart the way forward for a season of beginnings. These two years of restrictions have affected the way we live out our spirituality, the way we are community. But we need to remember our faith isn't just a private relationship between us and God. I came across this uh, book and I really like this perspective that Rabbi Evan Moffick writes in What Every Christian Needs to Know About the Jewishness of Jesus. Have you ever been in a group, big group of people, heard hundreds of voices singing the prayers and felt a deep sense of connection to God? Some mega churches have it this every week. But in my synagogue, we have to wait until the Jewish High Holy Days to gather more than a thousand. But when we do, something extraordinary happens. The chorus of voices seems to lift us up closer to God. Our prayers resonate more loudly when we say them together. We can pray alone. We can say the Shema alone. Indeed, we are supposed to recite it every night before bed. Yet, Jewish tradition teaches that God seeks the prayer of a community. A prayer quorum in Judaism, known as, known as a minyan, requires 10 adults. And if 10 are not present, certain prayers are not said. 
This custom recognizes that the power of faith is not simply found in the words we say to God. It is found in the community we build with one another. This is why we are free community church. The power of faith is found also in the community we build with one another. We are certainly not a mega church, but I certainly miss the times that we can sing out loud in worship. While there's a lot of uncertainty around how 2022 will turn out, we're definitely opening up and reconnecting. And as we reconnect, it's a good opportunity to revisit, reflect, and remember the principles and values that shape this community called Free Community Church, FCC. If you are attending in person, right, you will have realized that there are many faces you don't recognize, not only because we have been putting on masks, but also in the past two years, we have new people join us. And some of the values that we have been taking for granted may be unfamiliar to them. And for some regulars, because we have been so disconnected when we couldn't be in community the way we have been for the past two years, we want to revisit these values so they refresh our memories as well. And this is what home is the way is about. When I say home, what comes to your mind? And this is word cloud. I wonder what, what word will be the one that is most prevalent. Where I belong, truly. Oh, lyrics from the song. <laughs> very good, very good. I mean, we remember things by, uh, especially lyrics and songs that we hear again and again and again, right? Safety, family, messy, cozy, warm, restfulness, a place where you can be yourself, where you can be authentic, openness, belonging. Seems like safety is the biggest word. Comfort, acceptance, safe space. Thank you. Food. I wonder why that is not as big. It should be, you know, in my, in my book, food, home is very connected to food. Or maybe that's because I'm a glutton. Belonging. Yeah, safe and safety. Well, I think there's a word that's missing. Love. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's there. It's right there. I did see it. Love. Thank you. Thank you for, for being part of this word cloud that we can reflect and see what home means to us, what Immediately, the home, you know, we connect with the word home. How we understand home is shaped by our experiences in our contexts. And some of us bring those experiences and have some certain expectations of how this home should look like. Sometimes it's the expectation of parental figures <clears throat> to discipline and punish those who do not follow um, the rules or the values of this home. Sometimes home may not be a safe space. And when we talk about the values of this home, we must keep in mind that we are home that's centred on God. 
how we operate then flows from understanding of the character of God first and foremost. And most importantly, we need to understand God is love. In 1 John, Beloved, let us love one another because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. And whoever does not love does not know God, for God is the love. So, one thing that the first thing we need to understand is home is relational. We try to put relationships front and center. And I have to admit, we often fail. We often revert to how we were brought up and how we are influenced by the culture around us. Culture that's focused not on relationships, but on tasks, performance, achievements, egos. You know, at the end of the year, what are you evaluated on at work? We spend a lot of time working, right? That's a major part of our lives. We're not evaluated on our relationships. We are mainly evaluated on how we perform. How do we evaluate ourselves in our lives? So we are often caught up doing church instead of being church. And we want to return back to this core value that we want to be relational. Love, therefore, drives all that we do here in this home. We hope that we can make FCC a safe space for everyone. Jesus told the parable of the lost son, or you might know it as the prodigal son, and we immediately identify the father in the parable with God. And we want to model ourselves after this home. We want to be the family where even the oldest sibling will run out to embrace the sibling who was once lost. We want to be relational. We want to be loving. And we want to not be judging. The story um, in uh, the parable, the brother in the parable, the older brother, was judgmental. Wasn't loving didn't run out, you know, that son of yours. Didn't refer to him even as a, as a brother. But we want to be different. But it is not easy to love. And it's not only that difficult, but also messy. Because life is messy. And this is where the word covenantal comes in. This home is covenantal. Hmm, there's a slight delay. Yes, no? Okay. It is not something that we talk about here in FCC because many of us are actually afraid of commitment. And I want to ask you this question and prod you a little bit. What are the reasons why you may be afraid of committing. I often have encountered this, right? People often don't want to make long commitments. 
You know, when we have events, we try to make them short. Um, but once we have longer ones, uh, you have to know, eight week calls or people are afraid. One of the reasons, getting hurt, loss of freedom and choice, being betrayed before, wrong decisions, getting drained, fear of loss, things change and people change, fear of being trapped, fear of not being able to keep up, laziness and sometimes taxing, I may be bad in my life, disappointment, no time, past trauma or being manipulated, I may not be good enough. Fear that either I may want to change my mind or unable to meet the commitment and disappoint others. Wasting time and energy, fear of failure and disappointment, disappointing others, not able to fulfill it, the need to do something else after a while, preparation before that, other commitments that require my attention, fear of disappointment, fear of missing out, fear of being unable to complete, humans are broken, fear of being a disappointment, boredom. I think that a lot of uh, fear of disappointing, right, or not meeting, not able to meet um, that expectations uh, seems to be one that's popping out, uh, fear of missing out other options. And I think another one that pops up very often is fear that I'm not enough or fear that I will fail, or fear that I'm not able to live up to my commitments. But I want to invite you to think differently. Because I don't think that that's the right way of seeing a covenant. The way that the world sees commitment is through a transactional lens. I think I mentioned this before. The commitment is a contract. If you break the contract, you'll be punished. That's the bait. And what lies underneath this idea of a contract, what is the basis of this, is actually distrust. That is why a contract is needed. It, is, it assumes that the parties involved are not to be trusted. But the way that we should see commitment here, here at home, here at FCC, here as a Christian community, is through a relational lens. The commitment is a covenant. And the basis of a covenant is trust. It is based on the trustworthiness and the character of the parties involved. Do you trust that God is loving and God is faithful. And I think that from some of your responses, the person that the, the, the party that we don't trust is actually ourselves. We don't trust ourselves to be able to live up to it. But do you think that God is after us to perform 100% to perfection? No. God is after our hearts and our willingness. And each time we fail, each time we stumble, we're forgiven. We have yet another chance to get it right. 
That's the value. The covenant doesn't mean that you must not fail. The covenant is that you get up and try again. You try to do better. You grow. That's how love works. And that's what we should remember. A contract versus a covenant. It is based on trust. It's based on relationship. It's not a transaction and it's not based on distrust. We will explore more about covenants through this sermon series and we'll dig deeper into that because it is a fundamental requirement for us to be in community and for us to want to be and to become a community that's loving, that's a safe space, that is healthy, that is relational. And finally, one of the home is the way it's one key aspect of what FCC is. It is being comfortable with uncertainty. When home is the way, home is no longer something that's rigid, fixed, or certain. The way is not something that remains the same. The way changes as we walk. The way is uncertain. The way will surprise us, sometimes in good ways, and sometimes not in so good ways. I come across this tweet recently. Christianity should be like, my love for others continues to deepen, not my beliefs are more correct than anyone else's. It's, more, more, it's far more comforting. Oops. It's far more comforting to be certain about things. That's why people... Ought People argue so much about theological and religious beliefs. But the point about Christianity is not about being right. The point about Christianity is being loving. I came across this post just this morning. The Nicene Creed does not offer one word of hope for liberation of the poor and oppressed in this life. Empire-approved Christianity directs all hope for liberation to life after death. When we read the Bible, and we, and we see that throughout the Bible, God is concerned with the well-being of the poor, the powerless, and the oppressed of society. In Mary's Magnificat in the Gospel according to Luke, always part of the reading in the season of Advent, Mary proclaims, God has shown God strength with God's arm and God has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. God has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly and God has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. This preferential option for the poor refers to the trend throughout the Bible that the well-being of the poor and the powerless of society it's in the teachings and the commands of God, as well as the prophets and other righteous people. Jesus taught that on the day of judgment, God will ask each person, what did you do to help the poor and the needy? And I say to you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. Jesus taught, upon two commandments hang 
all the law and the prophets. And what are these two commandments? Today, very quiet. What are these two commandments that Jesus taught? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbour as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and all the prophets. Reverend Chuck McQueen wrote, God cannot be found out there in a set of religious beliefs. This is not how God makes God's self known. God can be found in here, in our most loving, caring, compassionate, best self. Capital S, because that is where God is. People resist this because the journey within is fraught with danger and many unknowns. And yet, it is the only path to true liberation where we can become who we already are. Those who push religious beliefs knowing nothing of this journey, that is knowing nothing of God, do more damage and harm than good. Pushing beliefs without awareness of what God really is like is not just a waste of time. It is the worst use of time. We need to, we need to anchor ourselves in love. And while we disagree on theology, beliefs, interpretations, perspectives, we need to be in alignment with how we love. We need to return to this again and again. In this home that we are, where all of us are very, very different, this is how we become home for one another. James McGrath, professor of religion at Butler University, shares, one member of the, his class mentioned that feeling frustrated, not always having a good response for a friend who is conservative and likes debating theology. I said that even if I could run circles around that friend theologically, doing that in and of itself would be counterproductive. I would much rather ask a friendly question why they are persuaded that being a Christian is about being right. I'll repeat this again, huh? I would ra much rather ask the, the friend in question why they are persuaded that being a Christian is about being right. And then he, he drew um, this, he pointed to this cartoon. This cartoon appeared in a, most, in a mostly random blog that is, illustrates this point. You know, the pen is mighty and sword, and this guy holding the pen, do we really need to test this? He writes, when I took, what I took from this cartoon, in the light of this recent Sunday school discussion, is that one will always lose if one allows the framework provided by one's opponent to define the rules of interaction. If might is defined by soldiers, then the person with the pen will surely lose. But the whole meaning of the pen is mightier than the sword 
It's not that the pen will win against the sword on the sword's terms, but the nature of might itself must be reconsidered. If we allow conservatives to define the terms of interaction, then some of us may be able to outdo their theological acrobatics and their proof texting. But actually playing the game is already surrendering the, what is most important to us. The belief that being right, having all the answers, is not what matters most. He continues, I disagree with inerrancy because it doesn't fit with what we actually find in the Bible. But that is not the only reason. It is also highly toxic teaching, in my opinion. Inerrancy is really about being able to say, I know I'm right. An allegedly inerrant text, which one is confident has interpreted correctly, allows one to avoid learning, to sidestep challenging conversations, and to practice an arrogance and pride that are ironically at odds with key teachings of that allegedly inerrant text. What we really need if we are to be spiritually growing is to have humility to constantly learn, to engage in difficult conversations, to change our perspectives when we find them lacking, especially when they are lacking in love. So I invite you on this journey this sermon arc, home is the way, as we explore the values of who we are, who we want to be, to open your minds, to allow yourself to grow, and to let go of the need to be absolutely certain. And I want to move on to the final thing I want to mention today, and one that is very important to us. One central thing in every home is the table where the family gathers to eat. At FCC, we celebrate communion at this table every Sunday. And some of you may wonder, why do we do communion the way we do it? Why every Sunday? Some churches just do it only once. Why do we celebrate an open table? Why do we not you know, have restrictions, right? And I want to take this opportunity to tell you our story. Have you attended a church service before and requested politely that you do not partake in communion for whatever reason, maybe you are not baptized or you're not a member of that church? How did you feel? In a recent gathering that we had online on Zoom, we had a theological discussion, right? And, and one of the members shared that she attended a church uh, nearby. She, was, she moved overseas and she was looking for a, ch a church to be part of. And she was uh, turned away from communion or she was asked not to partake in communion. And she never went back again. Of course, we understand that each church has a different understanding of communion based on their theology and how they interpret scripture. I'm not to here to say that they are wrong and we are right. Rather, I want to say why we do it this way because we are less concerned about being right and more concerned about being loving. We cannot welcome someone home at the door, invite them here, and at the most important part of the service, tell them that you are not welcome. 
That's what we do if we make restrictions here. It's just like inviting someone to your home for a party, and when you are finally sitting down for dinner, you tell that person, sorry, you cannot eat. FCC started as a community made up of mostly lesbian women and gay men. And some of us were denied communion when we came out. And that rejection was really huge. That exclusion made us feel unwelcome and unloved. Our understanding here of communion is that Jesus is the host of this table. The rest of us are just facilitating this occasion. All are invited to this feast. All are equally beloved. All are loved and no one is turned away. Do you remember the Last Supper? That first communion? Where they were gathered with Jesus in the upper room? Who were there? Even Judas, the one who betrayed Jesus, was fed at the table. So all are welcome. All are loved. You only need to know God's grace is sufficient. So as we gather today to remember, and I'll tell that story again, like Paul in his letter to the Corinthians, Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And after supper, saying, This is the cup. This is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. May I invite the stewards to come forward to distribute elements? This is the meal that we have each Sunday. This is the centre of our service. This is where we experience love. God's love. Thank you. For those who are present, uh, we invite you to um, hold out your hand to receive the communion elements from the stewards and not reach out to take them yourself because of um, COVID restrictions. You know, in another time, without the restrictions, I would have asked you to come forward to receive the elements and not just sit there to receive it. Because as much as God's love is poured out to us, we too have to take that step to accept that love, to be part of this. I miss those occasions where we lined up to take communion. Those opportunities to reflect, to receive, to remember. This shouldn't be something that's passive. This should be something that's active. Be part of that table. 
be part of this family. Welcome home. Let us partake the elements with thankfulness. May I invite those who are willing and able to stand and join in this prayer. Together. Holy, Holy God, God who is, who is love, you are, you are who we want to know and be known by truly. May we be aligned with your spirit as you help us embody love and compassion in this world. May your love bring healing to broken people, systems and relationships towards the restoration of Shalom. Give, Give us, us what we need this day to be our true selves and love others so they may do the same. Help us to forgive ourselves and others as we learn to let go of shame and resentment. Lead us that we may not add to the harm or oppression of others. Help us instead lead the way to freedom just as you have freed us. May your joy, hope, love and justice be our anthem now and forevermore. Amen. Please be seated. Thank you, Pastor Myang, for the great sermon. And welcome again to the Sunday service of Free Community Church. So just as Pastor Miak has been talking about the values of FCC, um, the actual our values are even baked into our name, where free stands for first realize everyone's equal. So FCC is an inclusive church, and that means you're welcome here regardless of your theological background, your economic status, your sexual orientation, or your gender identity. So to all those who are joining us online, in person, whether you're regular or for the first time, welcome home. My name is David. I'm the service leader for today. Um, so if you're joining us for the first time, uh, we welcome you to leave your details uh, with us by scanning this QR code or going to fcc.la slash welcome. So this is just a way for us to uh, remember that you came and also allow our pastors to reach out to you, uh, find out how we can better serve your needs. And we promise we won't spam you or anything like that. Uh, we also have a newcomers meeting on the last Sunday of every month. Um, so if you're interested in joining this, I think it will be both online and um, on, on site. You can email info at freecomchurch.org. 
So we, uh, we now come to a financial update uh, because it's the beginning of the year. So uh, we have, I would say this is very good news. We managed to actually meet our budget for the general fund and um, we were slightly behind on the building fund, but all in all, this is an amazing um, achievement. So to all those who have generously donated, please give yourself a big round of applause. Thank you. Thank you so much, everybody, for supporting FCC. Um, so, unfortunately, it's a new year, and so the clock has also reset, and we now need to raise, again, uh, actually a bit more for the coming year. So, we do count on your generosity and your support, especially for those who have um, made their um, giving a regular recurring giving thing. It's much easier for us to budget that way. So, we'll now continue to worship God with our offering. Uh, there are two ways you can give, uh, by either scanning these QR codes, uh, so you can give to pay now. If you're on site, they're also actually in front of the, the chairs in front of you. So one of them goes to our general fund, which is for our, mainly our staff salaries as well as our expenses on running the church. The other goes to our building fund, which is just to pay for the mortgage on this property. And you can also give by credit card at freecomchurch.give.asia. So please join me in praying for the offering. Dear God, thank you for seeing us through the past year in 2021, even though it was a difficult year for many of us, and there were times we were worried whether we could meet the budget, but God, you have come through for us through generosity of your people, and we've, you've shown that you can be trusted, and Lord, we look to you in this year ahead for your provision as well. Lord, help us to continue to be a safe place for all, where all people can worship you, can connect with you, and help us to also be a voice for greater equality, inclusion, and justice in this country and beyond. Please bless this offering and use it for the extension of your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. I now invite the ushers to come forward to take up the offering. If you're on site and you would like to drop some cash in the bag, please raise your hand and the ushers will come to you. So, um, while the ushers are going around, we have some announcements. Uh, the first announcement is that we have a cell group called Ficus Karika. This is a new group which started about one year ago, and they are now looking for people who would like to, uh, you know, they're having an open house to um, bring new members on board. So if you would like to uh, join a cell group, maybe you're looking for community, as Pastor Myung is talking about how important community is in our lives. There's nothing better than joining a cell group and finding brothers and sisters to uh, journey with you. So they are, they are having a no-strings-attached open house on the 9th of January, 1.30 to 3.30. This will be held online. And if you're interested to join this, contact Chonglip or Lexi on Telegram, or you can email info at Freecom Church. And there's another opportunity for a cell group. Wow, there's so many cell groups this, this week. So we have Sprout, which is a six-month cell group, uh, especially for people who are new to the church. And this is actually starting on Tuesday. So this is your last chance to sign up for this. If you want to join, it's register at info at freecomchurch.org. Remember, starting on Tuesday, and it will be held online, at least for the first session. And uh, before I call Pastor Paulina for the benediction, just want to mention that last week our Christmas service was probably our best watched service ever with over 2,000 views. 
So thank you to everybody online who, and all the people on site who made that service happen. There was a lot of effort went into it. Thank you so much. And so now we invite Pastor Pauline to give us the benediction. And now will you rise if you're willing and able to receive the benediction. Loving God, you are the one who first welcomes us home. And because of that, you call us now to welcome each other home. And so God, help us to be your people who will embrace the way you have embraced, who will love the way you have loved, who will uplift the way you have uplifted us. So now go. Go as God's people who will welcome many others home as God's love and grace and shalom go with you now and always. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for our very first service of the year this year. Uh, and please have a very blessed week and year ahead.